You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. in him to the point where you see fruit maybe you're not and you know what that doesn't mean he doesn't love you just because the vine and the branch is not producing fruit doesn't mean that the vine dresser or owner of the vineyard doesn't care for it what does he do he lifts it up washes it off gets it where it needs to get a little air breathe gets a little air there and hope that it's going to bring fruit so are you abiding in christ that way today are you in his word Pastor Dave will tell you today to remain firmly attached to the source of your life and salvation, Jesus. He'll remind you how important it is to connect your decisions, your conversations, and every part of your daily life with the one who knows it already. Don't let the enemy pull you out of the vine. Abide in Christ. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 15 as he continues his message, Vine and Branches. I am the true vine. What a beautiful picture. You are now the vineyard of God. You are the true vineyard of God. The nation Israel, they failed. They're done. They failed. They failed to bring forth fruit for God's purposes. So I'm giving you the privilege, church. I'm giving you the privilege to be the branches, to be the vineyard, to bear much fruit. He says, my father took it away from the priesthood. My father took it away from those who had charge over it. And now you have the privilege. He's taken away the authority. So Jesus is the true vine. God the Father is the vine dresser. And we then are the branches. We are the branches. And that's the whole thing here. What is the main job of the branches? Bear fruit. Just to kind of hang around and bear fruit. Just kind of hang around. What are you doing, branch? Oh, just hanging around. Branch bears the fruit. The vine dresser inspects the branches to make sure it's growing okay. To see if it's bearing fruit. Look at verse 2. Woo, we get all the way to verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The branches serve one purpose and one purpose only, and that's to produce fruit. Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 15, I believe it is, says that the branches of the vine are worthless for anything else except bearing fruit. You can't use them to build with because they're not that strong, and you certainly can't even use them for firewood. He said there's nothing good about them. If the branch doesn't produce fruit, he takes it away. And those that do produce fruit, he prunes so that will produce more fruit. Now, before we go any further, before we go any further, i got to tell you one thing. God, the vine dresser, is not running around with this huge cheering tool looking for you and going, he's not running around trying to cut. That's not what he's doing. Get that out of your mind, all right? Get that out of your mind. He's not looking to chop off your arms or your legs or whatever. Get that out of your mind. 
You got to look at the Greek word. You know how much I love the Greek words. But you got to look at them and you got to study them so that you can see what exactly is being said here. And I think it's really cool. I think it's pretty neat. Yeah, I said neat. Anyhow, in the ancient Greek, the word translated takes away is aero, A-I-R-O, aero. But it actually can be translated as lifts that can be translated as lifts up. And I love that. The idea is the father lifts up the unproductive plants, lifts them off the ground, which was common practice in winery, so that they can get more sunlight and so that they can grow better. And if they grow better, they will produce more fruit. Exactly. So the thing here is lifted up. Now, the Greek word for purge or pruning is kathaleiro. It means to cleanse. It means to cleanse. Most vineyards will fall on the ground. They need to be picked up. They need to be lifted up. And they need to be washed off of all the bad ingredients so they can bring forth fruit. Even those not bearing fruit can be lifted up in hopes that one day they will bear fruit. You put these two together and you got really a, a cool understanding. Every branch that does not bear fruit, Lord says, I lift up. I lift it up and I encourage it. And I say, hang in there and you're going to bear more fruit. I don't, I don't cast it away. I don't chop it up. I'm hoping it's going to bear fruit. And you know, Scripture says, everyone who confesses the Lord Jesus, everybody who says that there's the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't say everybody who says and then believes in the name of the Lord and bears fruit will be saved. To be saved, you have to believe in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The fruit will come. So he lifts up those people. I love that. He, says, he lifts it up. And then he takes the mud and he cleans it up to ensure that they're going to bear fruit. I see a lover, really loving tenderness here, taking care of a vine. Have you ever seen someone who has a vineyard? Oh, man, they are obsessed with taking care of that bad boy. They really, it takes a lot of work to grow grapes. It really does. In fact, I don't think, even think they grow until the third year. It takes a lot of patience to grow grapes, a lot of patience and, and things. So this picture is beautiful. You can believe, if you want, that the Lord has a great big pair of shears looking for you. That's fine. If you want to believe that, go ahead. I, don't, I like this one. But he does prune. He takes away those things. What is, what is pruning is? He takes away those things that hinder you bearing fruit. That's what pruning is. He takes away the bad stuff. He cleanses you and washes you up, takes away the bad stuff away. Why? He wants to keep the integrity of the branch. He wants to keep the integrity of the branch. He wants to cleanse you from all impurities. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. He cleanses it that he might bring more fruit. And anyway, I love this. The vine dresser is not satisfied that you just bring forth fruit. He's interested that you bring forth more fruit. So he continues to cleanse us. How does he cleanse us? Verse 3. You were already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. The word of God is a cleansing agent in our lives. The word of God cleanses us. The word of God washes us. We have been washed by the water of the word. In Psalm 119.9, the psalmist asks, How shall a young man cleanse his ways? If then it answers, by taking heed to thy word. By listening to the word and allowing the word to do what it's supposed to do in your life. 
You come here on Sunday morning and you hear the word of God. You might come on Monday night. You might come on Wednesday. You might come on a Friday. Anytime you hear the word of God, is it having an effect on you? Is it doing what it needs to do within you? Or let me back up and say, are you allowing it to do what it needs to do in you? Are you allowing the word of God to work in you, to wash you, to cleanse you, to build you up? Are you allowing that to happen? You remember at the Last Supper, when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, he came to Peter and Peter said, wash me all over. I can't do it. He said, no, one of your feet, although you're clean, but not all of you. He was talking about the word, the initial cleaning. God's word is a cleaning agent. God's word condemns sin. God's word inspires holiness. God's word promotes growth. And it reveals the power of victory. God's word does all that. And if you're in God's word, you're recognizing that, and you're allowing that to take place in your life and in your, in your body. You're allowing those things to happen. Jesus continually washes us in the word, it says in Ephesians. So Jesus is speaking of this beautiful relationship he has with us. He is the vine. We are the branches. The Father is the vine dresser, and he wants us to bear fruit. I listen and read John Corson a lot. I really like his commentary. He says this, quote, Jesus gives us an important, absolutely essential exhortation when he says, I am the true vine, you are the branches. When you are downcast or dirty, the father, the vine dresser, will come, pick you up, and wash you by his word. Are you downcast today? Are you downtrodden today? Let God wash you by his word. Let God lift you up and wash you and present you spotless. Let God do that in your heart. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Hope in God. Believe in God. Then Jesus tells them, how can we bear fruit? He must have seen the look in their eye. Talking about all this fruit, they're like, how can we bear this fruit? Nobody asked them that, but he said, how can we bear this fruit? And he gives them the key to bearing fruit. I'm going to give that to you today. No extra charge. I'm going to give you the, the key for sharing and getting fruit. The key to your relationship with him. Three words. Three words, abide in me. Three words, abide in me. Look at verse 4a. Abide in me and I in you. It's interesting that Jesus is emphasizing this mutual relationship. It's a mutual relationship. He says, abide in me as I abide in you. It's not a one-way street. Jesus is abiding in you. Jesus is in you right now if you've accepted his sacrifice on the cross. The Holy Spirit is in you. And he's abiding in you. He says, abide in me and I in you. What a beautiful thing. It's not only that the disciples abide in the master. The master abides in them. What does abide mean? It simply means an unbroken connection. An unbroken connection. You don't want to ever break that connection with Christ. You don't want to ever break that connection that you have with Jesus Christ. It's a constant, active relationship between the believer and Jesus Christ. Abiding in Christ is an action word. It's constant. It is constant. It's constant. We need to be there. Jesus used this picture to assure them that there will be a continued connection and relationship even though he's leaving. Yet he spoke about it in a way that it seems like it's a choice, doesn't it? It's almost like it's a choice. Abide in me. You have that choice. You have that choice today to abide in him. You have that choice on a daily basis. Look at 4B. 
As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. It is impossible for the branch to bear grapes if it's not connected to the vine. Take a vine or, or, or a branch, rip it off the vine, and put it over here. It'll never bear fruit. Never. Because you've taken it from the source, the life source. If you separate yourself from Christ, you will not bear fruit either. It's impossible. You've taken yourself away. The disciple cannot do anything good for God and anything good for God's kingdom if they don't consciously connect with and abide in Jesus Christ. But bearing fruit is natural. Bearing fruit is really natural. As the branch hangs there, fruit appears. It's almost like a surprise. They're hanging there and goes, whoa, what's that? They didn't do anything to do it. Take a ride down Town Bank Road or take a ride out on 47 and stop at one of the, the vineyards. Walk through the vineyard. I bet you don't hear any of the vines going, groaning, trying to produce fruit. They're not doing it. They don't have to. They're connected to the vine. They're connected and it comes naturally. It's a natural growth out of you being connected to the vine. You want fruit in your life? Be connected to the vine. It's as simple as that. Many, many times we seek to offer God the works of our hands without seeking to offer him the fruit of the Spirit. And sometimes we offer it and we have sweaty hands and nasty hands and we have nervousness and an irritable spirit and we wonder why God rejects our offering. God wants you to develop the fruit of the Spirit. Look at Galatians 5. He wants you to develop the fruit of the Spirit, all the wonderful things that come through your life. How is this accomplished? By abiding in Christ. By never seeing yourself separated from Jesus Christ. By being to the vine constantly, clinging to him. Stay close to me, Jesus is saying. Cling to me, Jesus is saying. And I think this is one of the reasons why Mary, when she saw him that day he arose, grabbed him. She wanted to cling to him. You're not getting away from me anymore, pal. I got you now. She wanted to grab a hold of her, Jesus. I love it. Look at verse 5. Again, he repeats this. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, it's interesting that he uses the word abide again. In the first 10 verses of John 15, Jesus uses the word abide 10 times. 10 times. That should tell you something. That should really tell you something. Now, the disciples were accustomed to thinking that Israel was the vine because that's what they grew up learning. But Jesus is saying, no, there's no more connection to Israel. I am the vine. You need to be connected to me. If you are connected to me, you will bear fruit. And I love progressions. So look at the progression here. Look at the progression back in verse 2. It says that it may bear more fruit. Okay? Then... Verse 2, it says, every branch of me that does not bear fruit. So first of all, you have bearing fruit. Then in the same verse, you have bearing more fruit. Then in the bottom, you have bearing much fruit. See, the whole idea is for you to continually bear fruit. Continue. That's what the vines do. That's why, I mean, that's why you have so many wineries. They keep producing fruit. They keep producing. They're taking such good care of the vines. They're taking such good care of the, the branches that they continue to produce fruit. Well, that's what God wants from you. He wants you to continue to produce fruit and lasting fruit. 
It's great. This is a divine order. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. What a beautiful divine order. It increases as we go along. See, bearing fruit is inevitable if you're abiding. The quality and quantity may differ, but the presence of the fruit was there. The purpose of the branch is to bear fruit. That is the one purpose. God will work in us, and our connection to him should be evident by our fruit. The concept of the abiding is not restricted to just us. As I said, we're abiding in Christ, but he's also abiding in us. And sometimes I get to feel he's doing a better job of it than I am. He's always abiding me, but am I always abiding in him? Well, you know, if I want to get honest, no. No wonder why I have problems or wonder why I think this or think that or I'm going through some struggles because I'm not abiding. I need to abide more. Our life comes from Jesus Christ, just like the life of the branch, the vine, comes from him. It all comes from him. He's the source of our life, and he's the source of our fruit. It's futile to think that you can bear fruit without him. The scripture says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That means nothing of real eternal value. You can do nothing of real eternal value. So let's wrap this up. What does it mean to abide? Abiding in Christ means that we stay in fellowship with him. Stay in fellowship with him, constant fellowship, so that he can work his life in you and through you. Constant fellowship. Abiding means to be in his word, being washed by the word so that you can bear this fruit. Abiding in him means to be in fellowship with other believers. You're abiding in him right now as you celebrate this day, being here with other believers. At least I hope you are. I hope you're not just here because it's a ritual. It means obeying his commandments. It means communing with him, being in communion with him constantly. And how can you tell if you're abiding? How can you tell if you're abiding? Well, there's no special feeling involved. The grapes don't sit there and go, ooh, we're abiding, we're abiding. We don't get a special feeling. It's not about feelings. But something happens when you abide. What happens? Fruit. You see fruit. You may witness to that person, and all of a sudden they accept Jesus Christ. You may all of a sudden see somebody on the road that you want to minister to. There's fruit that comes from it as you abide in Christ. See, it's not a passive thing. It's an active thing. God is showing you what to do. He's giving you things to do, and you're abiding in him. If you're abiding, there'll be fruit. And then as you produce fruit, guess what? He gets out the scrub brush and cleans you up and cleanses you, and you abide more fruit. More stuff. There'll be a deepening love for Jesus Christ. Abiding in a relationship with Jesus Christ is natural, just like it's natural for the branch to abide in the vine. They're never separated, but they have to be cultivated. Worship, meditation on God's word, prayer, service, sacrifice. But sadly, there are too many Christians who are struggling with the Christian life because they're not abiding on a constant level. Oh, you may abide here and there, but on a constant level, abiding. Remember the choice to abide? There are many young and old believers, earnest believers, who are constantly being disappointed. They're constantly being cast down because they're trying in their own resources to meet the demands of the Christian life. They can't do it. Only by abiding in Jesus Christ. Instead, they're trying to force their own fruit through good works instead of clinging to the vine. Jesus clearly said, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
you can do nothing if you're not abiding in Jesus Christ. Whatever you're accomplishing, I'm sorry to say, is a waste of time. If it's not for the glory of God, then it's going to be burned up. Only what we do in Christ, only what we do for Christ, and only what we do because of Christ will count in the ages to come. Did you hear that? Only what we do in Christ, only what we do for Christ, and only what we do because of Christ will count in the ages to come. Nothing else. God will not recognize anything in the flesh. He will not recognize it. All you have to do is read Galatians. All you have to do is look at Abraham and Ishmael. When God made the promise to Abraham that he would have a son, we know the son would be Isaac. Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael would walk before you and be my heir. And God said, no. Why? Because Ishmael represents the flesh. God will never recognize anything done in the flesh. So I'm going to leave you with a question as we end here today. I'm going to leave you with one simple question. Are you abiding in Christ today? Are you abiding in him to the point where you see fruit? Maybe you're not. And you know what? That doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Just because the vine and the branch is not producing fruit doesn't mean that the vine dresser or owner of the vineyard doesn't care for it. What does he do? He lifts it up, washes it off, gets it where it needs to get a little air, breathe, gets a little air there, and hope that it's going to bring fruit. So are you abiding in Christ that way today? Are you in his word? Are you in his word? Do you pray? Do you feel his presence? Are you, you searching for him? Are you looking for him? Are you always looking for him in everything you do? Abide in him and he in you. And you'll bear much fruit. You'll bear more fruit. You'll bear all kinds of fruit. And it'll be seen. And people around you will notice. People around you will notice and they'll be saved. They'll come to the kingdom and go, what's going on? And they'll want to know. Now remember, it's a choice. You have a choice either to abide or not. But let me warn you, as Mark tells us, if you don't abide, you will slide. If you're not abiding in Christ, you're not moving forward. If you're not abiding in Christ, you're not moving forward. And if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. If you are stagnant, you're moving backwards. Remember that. Maybe you just need some prayer. Maybe you need some prayer to help you to get on the track to abide. We've said nothing. This has nothing to do with your salvation. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you believe that his sacrifice on the cross, you are saved. You are born again and you're going to heaven. And nothing can snatch you out of his hand. But to live the full life of a Christian, to live a full, vibrant life of a Christian, you must abide in him solidly. Never, ever break that connection. He's not going to break it with you. He's not going to break it with you. Are you abiding today? You are a sure The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.